In today's episode of Monday Moments, we are starting a new series out of exile. So stick around, stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to a new episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday Sermon. With me today is Pastor James, and we have a new setup. It is a work in progress. As you can see, our shelf back here, let's call him Sheldon. Sheldon, Sheldon the, shelf. the Shelf. He's uh, very bare, so uh, <laughs> hang in there with us. We have more to come in the way of this setup, but we have an exciting um, new series that we're starting. We started a new series out of uh, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, yeah. and we're titling this series Out of Exile. Yeah. And um, to give a brief recap, we're talking about the period in history in which the Jews were exiled to Babylon, um, and the the people that God used to bring the, the Israelites back out of exile, back to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem yeah. was um, destroyed uh, and through Ezra, these two characters, um, real people, Ezra and Nehemiah, they both rebuilt the temple and rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, yeah. establishing community, um, as well as focusing their center of their community on the Lord and all of the statutes that he laid out for the Israelites. So uh, there's so much to unpack, and so yeah. I know we don't have yeah. a ton of time to get into all that. Um, what I wanted to kind of start with, since this is the beginning of this new series, is maybe start with uh, a couple of just more general questions. Okay. Um, as you were preparing for this sermon series, what is it that you feel like the Lord was speaking to you, uh, getting ready for this, leading up to uh, this Out of Exile series? Yeah, so, you know, Jerusalem, or, or, or the Israelites, they'd been in captivity for 70 years. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, with Nebuchadnezzar, the the king who uh, took these exiles in, probably the most famous of the exiles that we know about. Um, we mentioned on Sunday morning uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then Daniel. Mm-hmm. And so that that was like that was the Babylonian exile. So when we think about the Babylonian exile, and we think like who are the important characters? Just for context mm-hmm. sake, like those that's what we're talking yeah. about was yeah. those stories from the Old Testament. But, uh, you know, as, as we got closer to the end of last year, I just began to really ask the Lord, Lord, where, where are we at? Um, what, what do you have for your people coming up uh, in this coming year? And, and I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me that um, this, this time, this really uncomfortable last couple of years for so many people, that uh, the uncertainty and, and uh, just never really knowing uh, what was going to come next, that... Um, this was a season that was really coming to an end. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, y- mm-hmm. you know, anytime, anytime there's an ending, there's also a, a beginning. Yeah. And, you know, Out of Exile is really about Israel's new beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, I think it's important for us to look at, like, how did Israel come out of that? How did yeah. they restart that? And so for us, like, looking at this year and going, like, how are we going to come out of this? And yeah. what are going to be the real... Uh, key things. And so as I began to just kind of mull that in my own heart, um, that's, you know, I ended up here at this place of like Israel coming out of this long captivity and, and, and what were the steps that they took to really ensure that coming out of this, they were, they were the people that God had called. Yeah. And I love what you said, um, that, you know, God can use anybody, um, so don't necessarily, and I'm paraphrasing, don't yeah. necessarily dismiss the message because you don't like the messenger. Yeah. Um, and we see a lot of that, I think, in this in this whole story. 
um, of God using people in the midst of, of horrible situations. And yeah. you even mentioned that um, in our last series, you know, talking about Esther, you know, yeah. when you really look at it, it was a terrible situation that Esther was in, and yet yeah. God used her in yeah. the middle of that. Um, what, you know, we know that this is a story ultimately of redemption, yeah. you know, the redemption of Israel. If you had to say you had a favorite part of this story or a favorite aspect of this of this story, what would that be? Oh, gosh, that's that's hard. Uh, you know, because if we're talking about this story specifically, um, you know, there was a there, there comes a time and, and we're going to get into this a whole lot more. But like, what was it that the people really committed themselves to? I think that that becomes what's difficult. Um, Israel Israel suffers in the midst of this. Like she didn't she didn't um, embrace mm-hmm. the ending of this exile. She she lingered, and yeah. so the 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 coming out of exile actually took part in in three phases. There was three different groups of people that came back to mm-hmm. Israel, mm-hmm. and and I think that oftentimes that's that's kind of how it is in our own life. Like yeah. we, we get very comfortable with the place that we're at. And so one of the things that I think that is so beautiful about this and, and so encouraging to me is that um, even in the midst of tremendous difficulty, like the Lord gives new beginnings. And, mm-hmm. and, and so yesterday I used what is probably one of the most familiar passages in all of Scripture, yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. You know, I know the plans that I have for you. And to be able to really put that in the context of where it was yeah. written and what it was given to, Jeremiah was speaking about the end of exile. Yeah. And so here it was before the exile ever took place. Yeah. We find this familiar, comfortable scripture that we quote about God's purposes and God's will. But all of a sudden, we we put it back in the context of which it was originally given. Yeah. And it was originally given at the beginning of what was going to be 70 years of real difficulty. Yeah. But the Lord, even at the beginning of that, says, I know the plans that I have for you. Yeah. Like, there will yeah. be an end to this. And on the other side of this, my plan mm. is to make you prosperous. And I, I love that because I think it speaks to God's faithfulness, that yeah. whether or not we find ourselves, and I think, you know, applying what we read about to our lives and our situations today is that whether we find ourselves in a difficult place or a dark place because of... Um, through no fault of our own, mm-hmm. you know, uh, similar to Esther's situation, or yeah. a darkness of our own making, uh, yeah. you know, situations and hitting rock bottom because of our own choices and um, consequences, God is still faithful, and yeah. God still is so loving and and wants us to return to Him and, yeah. and to come back to Him, and He still has a plan for Him. You know, there's that, that verse that says, the 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 the, um, the the gift of God is irrevocable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And I think that that gives us great hope yeah. uh, in the midst of of dark, difficult situations. Again, whether it's through our fault or not, yeah. um, God is yeah. always there. God is always present. And he's always at work, um, and so I think we can take comfort in that. Yeah. Um, one thing I I did want to ask you to maybe go into a little bit uh, deeper uh, is actually the the point that I made just a, a couple of minutes ago is that um, what you said don't assume that just because God is using someone or something in your life that that is godly um mm. you know talking about you know some of these kings like king cyrus yeah um you know and how we can often dismiss or disregard the message because we don't like the messenger 
Can you go a little bit more into that and speak yeah, a little to that? So I think there's two parts. So the first part is is what you started with. That just because God is using something mm-hmm. or someone doesn't make that thing or that person godly. Mm-hmm. So Cyrus was a he was a polytheistic king. Yeah. Uh, as were all of the kings of Persia. They they would they would embrace kind of whatever was um, was politically beneficial to them, mm. and so for Cyrus he was very diplomatic in that he he released a lot of these exiles to go back, and then he he requested, hey, like pray to your God that he would bless me, mm. and and yet when we read like without the understanding of of really these kings of Persia, when Ezra says that you know the Lord the Lord used Cyrus, it it. It almost conjures up this notion that Cyrus was a godly man, yeah. that he was pursuing the God of Israel and all right. of these different things. And I think that sometimes when we see God um, blessing, or not blessing, but see God using someone mm-hmm. to bring about His purposes, we can we can assume like, oh, hey, that's a godly person. Right. Whereas it may just be something that God is using. Yeah. Um, Balaam, yes. you know, Balaam in the in the Old Testament again. Like, here's another guy who was who was very much not a God follower, but God used him to bring a message to yeah. um, his people. I think the other side of it is that um, there's times where we really, really disagree with the messenger. Yes. And and so we kind of toss out the message. And I think that it's important that we, we really look at that and say, you know, Lord, what are you trying to do in the midst of this? Because Ezra and all of these guys, they would have known that Cyrus was not a godly man. Yeah. But... They didn't. They 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 didn't discount the fact that that God was directing Cyrus's heart in order to bring redemption to God's people. Yeah. Um. And and so in the same way, it was like you know when 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 Esther went before Xerxes, like God used Xerxes to bring redemption to God's people, to a covering to God's people in those situations. And so I think it's always so important because when, when Scripture talks about leadership and, and authority, it says that all authority has been established by God, ordained by God. Yeah, yeah. And, and to recognize, like, God will oftentimes use um, someone other than we would have chosen yes. um, to bring about those purposes. And for us, it's imperative that we ask ourselves a question, Lord, what are you doing yeah. in the midst of this instead of just writing it off because we don't like the method uh, that it's yeah. being brought? And I think the challenge for me and I think for maybe a lot of us um, is that, uh, like you said, we can easily dismiss. And I think the challenge is, are we really going to trust that God is sovereign even when the vessel that he's using doesn't look the way we think it ought to look and yeah. when it doesn't line up? And I think that, um, it, it would be safe to say that that's part of why the Israelites missed Jesus yeah. when he came, because they were expecting this king who was going to overthrow the Roman occupation. Yeah, and they thought he was going to be this triumphant, you know, royal politician who was going to come and physically ev- uh, drive out or even eliminate uh, the Romans, and yet he came in a way that was so unexpected that yeah. nobody thought, and so. I think they they so easily miss it, and and just like you said, I, I agree. It's it's we have to when when things don't line up the way we think they ought to line up or look the way they ought to we think they ought to look. Yeah. The challenge is okay, Lord. I trust that you are sovereign. Yeah. And that you can use anyone. Yeah. Um. And so we have a choice to make of 
am I going to be a part of what God is doing or yeah. wanting to do, whether it's in my my life, the lives of people around me, you know, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. Um, just to kind of wrap up is as we dive deeper into this series, what are some ways um, that we can really embrace and dig into this study in order to apply it to our lives and kind of and, and get really the most out of it? Yeah, I think that, you know, we, we started where I think everybody has to start. Uh, we, we looked at the end of uh, yesterday, we looked at Daniel's life. Yeah. And, and what Daniel did is Daniel turned to the Word and he turned to prayer. And, and in doing that, God began to build a burden and he began to reveal some things to Daniel in the midst of all of those things. And so I think for us, it becomes so imperative that we begin at the same places. Like what does is, what is God's Word say um, about maybe maybe the place that we're at, um, maybe the, the challenges that we're facing. But then Daniel did something very specific, like he turned to God and he repented. Mm-hmm. He, re- he repented for uh, the nation. He mm-hmm. repented for their unfaithfulness yeah. and for their disobedience. And I think that for us to really begin to get a sense of saying, like, Lord, um, I, I really do, I want to confess these things before you. Um, and, and to humble ourselves before God. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we, we, miss, um, we miss maybe what God is trying to do because we, we, don't, see, we don't see our part in it. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes our part is recognizing that maybe the ways that we've done things are not always the best way. Right. And just to be able to figure out, like, how do I humble myself before the Lord and come and say, Father, I'm, I'm going to confess to you that I haven't always done things your way. And, and I want to I want to humble myself and submit myself to your will and and then just walk that out yeah. and 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 we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about like what does that whole process look like mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. the Lord really brought people back to this place of Jerusalem yeah. and and just the parallels that it has in our life but I think that for all of us like the place we have to start yeah is like going to God's word and then going before him, yeah. Uh, in in prayer. Yeah. And I think that prayerful expectation that God will move, not yeah. just a hope of, yeah. well, yeah. maybe yeah. I might kind of, but like that really that expectation of saying, no, God, I, I, I need you to move. I'm expecting yeah. you to move or, or yeah. you know, whatever the case might be in, in your particular situation. So, yeah. well, thanks for uh, taking some time to, yeah. to dive a little bit deeper. I'm excited about this um, study. Uh, this this sermon series, and if you haven't had a chance to watch uh, Sunday sermon, you can do so right here on our YouTube channel. Um, thank you so much for sticking around, and watching another episode of Monday Moments. We hope that you got a lot out of this, and if you did, please leave a comment. We would love to hear your thoughts, what stood out to you, and if this is your first time uh, joining us on our YouTube channel, on our podcast, hit that subscribe button and the little bell icon next to it to be notified anytime new content is posted. Thank you so much again for watching another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week. Thank you.